the world says that this is where fulfillment comes from. But ironically, the things of this world will only merely satisfy you. And that's what it was doing. And I thought, maybe I needed more of these. Maybe it's 10 awards is what makes it great. 10 championships, 10. But then when you reach 10, you're like 20. 20 will do it. And what I was doing was just really looking down at a cup of my life and trying to fill it every single day. I woke up every day and I thought, what does Christopher need to be happy? What do I need to fill this cup with to feel like I'm enough? People loving me, people loving my barbecue, people looking up to me. And the more I started to fill this cup, I would just look at it every day and be less and less. Welcome to the Legacy Lab, where we're all about building a lasting impact one day and one moment at a time. I'm your host, Chris Servin, and each week we have helpful conversations that'll help you craft your own legacy. So let's dive into today's episode as we make an impact on this world together. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Legacy Lab podcast. I am so excited today because we get the opportunity to have a chat with Christopher Prieto. Okay, so a lot of people know about Christopher Prieto. Most things that they know about him is that he is great at barbecue. He has probably the best barbecue restaurant in all of America, and he's just amazing. But if you spend only five minutes around Christopher, you're going to know, number one, he loves Jesus. Number two, you're going to know that he loves his family deeply. And you're going to know that he just knows where he's going. He has a such clear vision of purpose and calling and how he shows up in this world. And so I am so excited. When I was starting this podcast, Christopher was one of the first ones on my list. Because here we talk about legacy, right? We talk about legacy. We talk about purpose. We talk about calling. And he's like number one on the list of guys that I look up to that just show me what it is to just run hard towards something and know exactly what God's called you to do. So Christopher, I am so excited for you to be here today. And so let me know a little bit about yourself and just what fires you up, man? Yeah, honored to be on. I'm super excited. I love the serving family. So honored to be on your podcast. A little bit about me. It's pretty simple. I grew up loving barbecue, which is Pretty cool to think about now, but back in the day, it wasn't the coolest thing. Barbecue is one of those things that it's super difficult and everyone knows how to do it. And no one ever has a bad recipe. Everyone has a good recipe. A few people can actually prove it. And that's what I was after. I was after the why. What makes barbecue great? What is that one thing about it that really just stops you from eating and just really reflect on what you're eating? And I wanted that so desperately. I wasn't sure why I was cooking it so much until I started doing competition barbecue where you receive accolades for that. Mm -hmm. And at one point I thought, this is it. This is where I arrive and my passion meets its purpose. And I started winning accolades at a young age. And every time I went on that stage, every time I held that trophy, I realized more and more how empty the things of this world can be. And when you hold something in your hand that you've worked so hard for, you know for a fact that's not what you were made for. The world says that you should hold this and feel pride. The world says that this is where fulfillment comes from. But ironically, the things of this world will only merely satisfy you. 
And that's what it was doing. And I thought, maybe I needed more of these. Maybe it's 10 awards is what makes it great. 10 championships, 10. But then when you reach 10, you're like 20. 20 will do it. And what I was doing was just really looking down at a cup of my life and trying to fill it every single day. I woke up every day and I thought, what does Christopher need to be happy? What do I need to fill this cup with to feel like I'm enough? People loving me, people loving my barbecue, people looking up to me. And the more I started to fill this cup, I would just look at it every day and be less and less. What I didn't realize is on the bottom side of the cup, there's a slow drip of the things you're trying to fill it with slowly depleting your cup each and every day. And it wasn't until I met someone at a restaurant who spoke to me about Jesus, did I realize that only the blood of Christ will fill that hole and solidify that hole where not only the cup becomes full, but the cup can overflow. And the beauty of it is when you come to know Christ, it's, it's pretty much the worst day of your life. People have these beautiful testimonies that an angel baby came down playing a harp. Chris Tomlin music started sure. reverberating from the walls and I, I was uplifted and I could feel Jesus's arms around me. I finally found him. But what I realized is Jesus is constantly and always pursuing you. You don't need to find him. You just got to realize that he's there and will always be there and has always been there. And it's only in that moment that you can wake up the next day with fulfillment, not trying to be satisfied, but true fulfillment. Sure. And my cup started to overflow in the things around me, my marriage, my family, what barbecue really means to me. And it has absolutely nothing to do with me, but everything to do with him and the life he lived and the death I deserved and all the things in between. And I, I really feel what people are pursuing is their purpose and what they're gonna find in their purpose is that it has nothing to do with them and everything to do with everyone else around them. That's what gets saturated. Your cup becomes full, but everything around you becomes saturated with the blood of Jesus and the love and the value of how he sees you and the reflection of that unto them. And also you can receive everything of this world and still feel empty. True fulfillment comes from the legacy you leave behind. And the legacy I wanna leave behind is the souls that I get to receive to bring to Christ. That is my main job. It's no longer lighting fires and cutting meat. As fun as that is, I really enjoy that is my profession. Mm -hmm. But to see people come to life from death to life through the vessel of what you do for a living, that's true fulfillment. Oh, I love it, man. Y'all hear that? That's exactly why I asked him to be on. Like we're five minutes in and I know you that's worth the price of admission right there because that's what we think will fill us is just more yeah. and more and more and more and more. And it's whenever we, we begin to see that it will never be enough, yeah. but Jesus is enough. And then it permeates all throughout our life. And then what I love, it, it's how I say it, is that your work is just the avenue for you to be yeah. able to flex your purpose, right? And so barbecue, smoke, meats, all those types of things, that's just the avenue by which God is using you to just make him known and make him famous. And I love that you do that because you have such amazing, unique platform to be able to do that. And what greater way to do it than around food? right? The, to do it yeah. around just like, that's like a basic human need. And even more so what I love that you do 
is you take it from food, but then you connect the community side to it. Mm -hmm. You connect the people side to it to where it's not just, wow, this is the greatest brisket that I've ever eaten, but I've ate it in the best place because I felt welcome. I felt loved. I felt just that, that love of Christ that you're talking. And so thank you so much for sharing that. So you were saying how you really were loved barbecue and then you went through some competition through that season and things like that. When was the desire to start a restaurant birthed inside of you? Did you always want to do that? Tell me about that and that journey. I came to know Jesus. It was awesome. Found a good, strong church, was fed, started really diving into the gospel and seeing truly what it says. And every single time you read it, it says something different and it goes deeper. I really feel when you leave this earth and you sit at Jesus's feet, it's going to be even bigger than you could ever imagine. And I want every single day to know that now on this earth. I don't want to sit at his feet and wish I could have lived a different life or I could have done more for him. I want to feel and do that today. And, you know, I was getting pretty comfortable. I was in a comfortable space. I had a good job. I was doing my barbecue life. I got to write a cookbook for Southern Living. I started doing different TV shows. I started getting the platform that I needed to talk about Jesus and doing catering, doing light food show events. Financially, it was, it was good. And I was in a space where I could have my cake and eat it too. Mm. But I really felt called that I really needed to go deeper. And it, it will always weighed on my heart, this idea of having a restaurant. That's obviously what every barbecue stream is. Sure. But you're talking about an industry which is just riddled with sin, riddled with pressure, riddled with the enemy's ground. I mean, you're literally fighting on his turf at this point. Can you make Jesus known in the hardest circumstance? I had to ask myself that question. And also the avenue of building a restaurant, creating a brand, all those things weigh on you and put pressure on you. But I, I truly felt the Lord walking with me I, I made the decision 2015, probably to start breaking the ground 17, we got the property and then it started, it took two years and two days to build this building from the ground up. I've had this vision on my heart for a long time and I wanted to create the most perfect barbecue restaurant that ever existed. I wanted to create the most perfect barbecue people have eaten. And as the building started to build, honestly, I started walking the building day after day going, man, I've created something special. I have made the dream happen. I have the best opportunity to do great things. And I quickly realized that COVID was created just for me because as the building that and the platform, the Lord led me to, and, and the more I started saying, I am great, I'm going to do great things. I started to realize the center of sin is the letter I. And when you start hearing yourself say that time and time again, you realize that the core and the foundation of this isn't about Jesus. This is not about his plan. And he brought me COVID to realize that if you're going to look in the right direction, I have to put you flat on your back. And the building didn't matter because the day we opened, no one could go in it. Wow. Uh, the notoriety didn't matter because the people that were supposed to come and help me launched this thing for Food Network and all the great things, they didn't show up. We were doing a MLB spring training camp barbecue tour all through Florida. 
And we were teamed up with Mike Donahue from 10th Avenue North. And when we got back, we were supposed to shoot a uh, TV show with Bobby Flay here at the restaurant. It was going to be huge. Had all my Food Network fans, had every family bought a ticket. They were all planning to come here. We're going to do this big festival. And that didn't happen. What happened was I had to sit in this place on my knees and just depend on the Lord to provide. I had everything. I had the building. I had the plan. I had the barbecue execution. I had a lifetime of preparation. I even had the staff and they all left. The day we opened, three people out of the 15 people I hired showed up and I had nothing, but I did have Jesus and I did have his promise and he wasn't going to make me build this thing, you know, in vain. Hence why we have the Psalm quote in our office to remind us that it's a very difficult industry to be in, especially during COVID, because every single element of what we did was scarce. Gloves were scarce. To-go boxes were scarce. Meat was scarce. Everything was inflated. And I had to trust fully. I had to tell my story and our why, which is beyond the tray of food we serve in each and every individual bag. I had to hand greet every guest. My goal was to be cutting barbecue, cooking barbecue, being that signature person that cuts their brisket. But God's plan for me was to be the person who connects with every single person that walks through the store. I'm no longer the barbecue guy. I am simply a source of evangelism. I'm simply a source to make his name known. And I quickly realized which came into clarity when we opened our doors, especially when I get to greet my first guest. Again, still masked up, still had to be six feet apart. So there's all these moments of separation, but God wanted to be closer. So I really had to deep dive into myself, into the Holy Spirit. How do I connect with these people? I had this moment where I would think about the person. Why is the person coming here? They're hungry. They want good barbecue. They want to be fed. They want to judge the barbecue. So what they're doing is they're seeking after something. They want to be served. They want to be loved. They want to be valued. They want it to be a space where they find fulfillment. And that's when I realized that the tray of food, no matter how perfect I make it, no matter how hard I try, and I've spent my entire life making this food, will only satisfy them. And what they need is that connection of fulfillment. They need to be served on a deeper level where I stand by the door with a bucket of water and a rag and wash their feet, where I see them like Jesus sees them as perfect. No matter what color they are, what they believe, what they think, they're here to be satisfied and hospitality had to be the key to that. I had to love them beyond the tray of food. And that was our main focus. I really believe even if you're weak in evangelism, and you feel like you're not qualified or equipped to talk to people about Jesus. He has perfectly made you and put you in the right place Agreed. to do that, whether you know it or not. We don't go to church to be within four walls. We go to church to be with a body of believers that are all equipped in a beautiful way. And together we make the kingdom greater. Together the enemy is not allowed in our conversations. Together the enemy can't even walk through the door. So I really felt to strategize with people within my church to how can I, I realized during COVID that I am my worst enemy. I'm going to make always selfish decisions. 
But if I keep coveted relationships around me, I have authority to tell me, you're saying I too much. We need to think kingdom living. We created a strategy within our platform to really realize how do we connect with the person? So we decided to do what we call a hype man. And their only job role is to go up and down the line and greet people to gather information so that I can connect with every individual guest at the table. So I know whether, hey, they're from out of town or they're here because someone's in the hospital or they're here, they just left a funeral. Whatever it takes, we have to connect on a deeper level. Uh, all I do every single day is connect with tables. Table after table, I'm crafting this brick and I'm taking this brick of conversation and I'm meticulously putting it down and creating a foundation. And my job is to build a bridge. Every conversation, every opportunity I have with them, every employee has an opportunity to craft a brick to build a bridge because over that bridge is a conversation. And I can't have that conversation until they know I love them well enough beyond their profit, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. People are our purpose, not our profit. And when you start thinking that way and living that way, then you can really connect with them on a deeper level. We started this really novelty idea of doing pit tours because everyone loves them. They want to see the pits. They want to know the secret behind barbecue. And we created that into an evangelistic tour. We have three barbecue creatures that give them tours that are all trained on the sermon. And we slowly walk them through the steps of how to be perfect at barbecue. Just to end on the fact that Barbecue really will never fulfill us, only Jesus can. And we have a, what we call a call to the aisle. I really think that, and no matter what profession you do, keep in mind, I cook barbecue for a living, so my profession is not that important. We should be able to have a part of our day where we can ask someone, do you know who Jesus is? Do you know what true fulfillment is? Do you know what your eternity looks like? Because the, everyone's carrying the sin and the weight of that sin with them. And we are put, if we're, we call ourselves Christian, we, we are put in the right, perfect place to help them come to that realization and ask them to come to know Jesus. And that's what we do here at the restaurant. Specifically, every single day, every single quarter, every single year, we meticulously strategize for that purpose. I love that, man. There's so many applications there, no matter where you're at. I love that he said, he flexes this in barbecue, but it doesn't matter where you are and what your vocation is. You can flex those things like dependence and yeah. trust. How there's moments where we really feel like, what in the world? It can be really bleak, right? I'm yeah. sure that during those times, empty streets, empty restaurant, but it was some dark times at first. And so personally, that part of your story was so encouraging to me. And thank you so much for sharing that just for my own personal life right now. In similar situations, the Lord is just really forcing me to learn dependence and trust upon him. And so that was just a beautiful story. Thank you so much. And then how you can get creative, right? That's the thing. You could have stayed on, on your ego for a long time. You could have stayed on just, this was my plan. This is what I had to do. This was all those things. But instead you, you were humbled, right? And then you were able to get curious. And how do I still show up in the way that God's called me to do in this time? And how do I even do this in the context now of barbecue? Thankfully, things have been lifted and, and those types of things. And then you're able to get curious and, and really creative and say, this is how 
in the context of my work, how I am currently, I can show up and I can minister and I can take the church outside of the four walls and I can like preach the gospel. And so thank you. Thank you so much. That's a, a beautiful thing. I, I didn't mention it at the beginning, but Christopher actually has five children and, and, and a lovely wife. We were in races there for a little bit. Like I have four, he had four, and then and he just went on right over the top. And I'm going to let you win that one, man. You got it. Yeah. Restaurant life is is a lot, right? Like you said, yeah. like it is a yeah. lot. And so how has your relationship with your wife grown or your children? I, I love seeing the pictures on Instagram of, of <laughs> your girls working in the restaurant. Oh, it fires me up so much. Yeah. And so how has your relationship with your family and specifically your wife and your children grown during this time? When you start living out your purpose and start going in that direction you feel is the right direction, we have giant lines here now. This place stays stacked. We sell out of food every day. But then you start to recognize where the enemy sits in all the right places, right? He wants you to look at that line and say, man, look how great you've done, right? Sit in this throne over here. Relax. You, you deserve that throne. Look what you built. He has a, a very unique way of taking you one degree off course. He doesn't push you in a whole different direction, just slightly off course, where you start to realize because everyone falls to sin and you're not protected because you're a great preacher. You're not protected because you tithe a lot. You're not protected because you created a huge ministry. If anything, you're attacked more and you have to protect yourself from that, from your own thoughts and decisions. And honestly, that's why God crafted and created marriage. He gave you that perfect partner that allows you to have a deeper and more coveted relationship on this earth where you can really protect yourself from yourself. And going into this business, that's one thing I, I came to a realization quickly. Marcia is the best business partner you can have in a sense of life, in a sense of spirituality, in a sense of just being a better person. All I want to do is protect my family, provide for my family, and leave a legacy. I think every man wants to do that. And what Christ wants out of you is to first love your wife. It's priority. Number one, without a doubt, the more famous this barbecue restaurant becomes, I deflect it and I point it right at Marsha. The more famous she becomes in my life, the more time I want to spend with her, the deeper I want to go with her. And we've been able to enjoy life on a whole new level. And through that, realizing that my family and my wife will always take priority over barbecue. That's where the real church, so to speak, starts. Essentially, I have what I've come to the realization, I have dad mentors. You have 13 good years with your kids, 13 solid years of sharpening that arrow as sharp as you can get it. And then that's when the bow starts pulling back. And then all you have left to do is to shoot this arrow out into the world. And you want it to hit a target because the enemy wins the most when he separates families. That's his biggest victory is breaking your marriage. His biggest victory is having you fall into sin so your children can follow that fact and fall into sin because he wins generally that way. And that's where your main focus has to be, especially when you go into business, especially the restaurant business where validation is how you move the head. My main focus has always been year after year since opening this restaurant and strengthening my marriage. And I'm talking to those who haven't been married a long time. 
It does not get easier the longer you become married. If anything, the enemy attacks it more and more because his victory is in your separation. So when those moments become impossible, his promises are forever true. So just know that anything can happen as long as you depend on him first, especially in your marriage. And your children are going to see the reflection of love and value and servitude through how you treat your wife or how your wife treats you. That's it. That's where sharpening comes into play. I've strategically built the restaurant three blocks from my house. I walk my kids to school every morning. I have designed the restaurant so that I can come in and leave whenever I need to. It's a fully functioning machine because I've helped the employees. I've answered their question of why are they here every single day? Who is really the boss of this place? Because that's not me. I will fail you. But God through me allows me to serve you on a deep level, which allows you to serve others if I fulfill you like he fulfills me. And that allows me to have time to walk my children to school, to make them breakfast, to tell them goodbye. Then I go home and I do have to itemize my life to schedule to make sure that I prioritize my family. And during that time, my wife and I sit down, we look at calendars. I have a cup of coffee with her. I help her around the house. I let her know that I'm just not leaving out to work, that I'm prioritizing her first before barbecue. For dads or husbands that have been married a while, you know when she's good, right? When you can step away. And I wait for that nod of, okay, now you can go to work. And then I walk to work. I, I take a bike to work. I, I, I'm trying to strip myself of the things I depend on and focus on the things that I do. And that is my wife, my family, Jesus in my life, my employees, the ministry of this business, and surround myself with people who speak into my life that help me better my time with my wife. We went to a fantastic retreat called Weekend to Remember by Family Life. And to be honest, I really didn't want to go. If anything, I should have been a speaker there because that's how perfect of a husband I was. And I could have written books on being the perfect husband. Honestly, I had it down pat. And then you go to this weekend and you realize that my 95% of perfection was actually like 3.2%. And I had so much more intimacy and love and dedication that I can provide for. My wife and I have supported family life for a long time. We're actually now financially supporting them. Because I've come to the realization too, that I don't want to give my kids anything. I've learned that they should earn it and they have to be focused on their purpose, not focused on the money that comes from their purpose. Mm -hmm. Leaving a legacy means protecting and coveting those things that Jesus finds precious. And that's families. That's the unwed mother. That's the prisoner. And those are our two other focuses we tie to, and we make sure that we focus on. I love it. If I had to just boil it all down, this whole thing is none of these things happen by accident. It's all by design, right? Like, like my relationship with my wife, that's by design. It's not just going to accidentally be a flourishing marriage. My relationship with my kids, it's not just going to happen. Like I'm going to have to pause and go walk them to school, make them the lunch, do the things, right? My, my employees, they're just not going to by design know what to do and just osmosis through my brain know what's going on in my head i'm going to daily show up and, and cast the vision and show them and look my customers they're not going to just by by accident know that i care for them deeply and that i showed up today for them 
right? It's going to be by design, the way that I show up, the way that I have a hype man to greet them in, the way that I then go around to the tables, the way that I then take them on the tours, all of that thing. If you don't get anything from this, get it that the life that you want, the life that you've been called to, it can happen. It can happen, but it happens by design. It's not going to happen just by accident. And then you're going to look up one day and then all of a sudden everything's going to be happening around you. There's going to have to be specific choices that are actually like daily choices, right? Brick by brick, being able to build that relationship, being able to walk your child to school. None of those things are like huge, big things, right? They're just small bricks that over time build those things for sure. <laughs> the best way to describe the gospel a lot of the time is the in the barbecue cook itself. When people come, they always want to know the seasoning. They always want to know the kind of brisket I'm using, the kind of pit I'm using. And I tell them all that's meaningless. It's like in our lives, we want this perfect life. We want this beautiful wife, this beautiful family, we want this perfect marriage, but it, it's not the end result. You shouldn't be focused on the end result. So I can get the perfect briskets in the world covered with diamonds and gold. I could have Gordon Ramsay himself here watching every single brisket, one of the most decorated chefs that have ever existed. The most important part about barbecue is the fire. It runs six days a week, 24 hours a day. And I just don't throw wood into this fire and close a door and hope that the end result or the yield of that brisket is gonna be fantastic. What makes the brisket fantastic day after day, year after year, is my intentionality on watching that fire. Every 45 minutes, I have to open a door and craft this fire a specific way. I have to look at it and say, how, how does that fire look? Do I need to add two more sticks or one more stick? Do I need to clean the ashes? The most valuable thing we receive each and every day is the day itself. There's no amount of money someone can pay you that you can take today, but you don't wake up tomorrow. They can fill an entire room and say, you can have all this money, everything you've ever wanted, all the things that you seek in your head that the world will provide you, but you can't wake up tomorrow. You'll never take that money. So if the day is that valuable, then every hour of that day has a value. And every hour of that day, we get to do something and we have free will to make a decision. And those small decisions that we add to every 45 minutes, every hour, every minute, is what yields what you're looking for. You want a happy marriage? Every day tell your wife how much you love her. Every single hour of that day. Even in her worst day, hold her hand and validate her, tending that fire. No matter how dirty that fire is, I can pull that fire out and I can start it over again. But that brisket, that end result requires my full attention every hour. Now, Chris, let me ask you, you think I can run the fires here six days a week, 24 hours a day all by myself? You're foolish to think that every hour of every day, you've got it going on. You're going to get tired. You're going to get weary. You're going to make bad decisions. You're going to put the wrong stick of wood on that fire. You're going to add too much wood. You're not going to add enough wood. And you're going to have to make up for it. That's why we have Jesus. He's the one who sustains us. He's the one who takes the next shift. When you feel like you can't watch that fire any longer, he's the one that gives you rest. And he watches that fire for you. And you can see how he perfectly cleans it every day. That moment that you stare at your wife and you're like, I have had enough of you. That moment when you look at your kids and you say, 
they will never be the same. That's when Jesus comes in the conversation of your life. That's when he comes and cleans that fire and watches it over top of you. And, and he helps you throughout the process. I think in hours of the day, and in every hour of the day, I get to make a decision. And if I want a good end result at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of the year, it's all up to me and the decisions I make. And I'm influenced by the things around me. That's what makes the decisions. The people I surround myself with, the things I think in my head. I've always been fascinated to the fact that if I had a speaker on the side of my head, actually spoke out loud the thoughts I had. When I'm sitting with someone going, if they could only hear when I'm thinking about them right now, even those thoughts, the enemy can control. But if I can take the time to go, you know what? Those thoughts are not of God. And I want to make them of him. And you start to even change the small thoughts in your head, even down to the littlest fire of who you are, the yield will be great. The things that you seek after, you will see happen because his promises are yes and amen. They're not destruction. They're not ending your marriage. They're not watching your child fall into sin. They're not, I got a bad diagnosis. It's all over. It's all use yes and amen. And we have to sustain that fire hour after hour of our day. So when you were talking about that, that just had me thinking about that fire. And I would even add even more, one more layer on there. I bet if you, you start the fire and it's not going the way that you want it to go, like the cook's yeah. not going the way, you're not just handcuffed for it to be like that forever. But the way that you can change it is that you're checking in with it, right? You're able yeah. to say, okay, these are the adjustments that I need to make. That's and right. So adjusting the damper, adjusting correct. the wood choice, adjusting everything. And again, those adjustments are essential. And you're not going to learn it unless you're in scripture daily. Correct. You're not going to learn it if you're constantly drinking. You're not going to learn it if you're looking at pornography. You're not going to learn it if you're staring at sin and you're thinking bad thoughts and you're tearing yourself down and going, I am not enough to sustain this. You're only going to learn it by the people around you and being in scripture every day, learning the promises. Those are the damper adjustments, which you're referring to, that really help you, okay, I can get this under control. I just have to put down my pride for a second and ask for forgiveness and just say, I love you beyond your sin. And that's just how that fire gets back into control, especially right, in marriage. Exactly. And it's not too late, right? They're yeah. not going to get to the point that you're just throw your hands up and you're like, yeah. it just is what it is. You can make those adjustments. You can do those things. And that happens when you are able to say, look, I messed up. Like I yeah. it's in, right? And things like that. So love that. That that visual is so great. Thank you for sharing that. So what's your favorite thing that you're currently doing to invest in yourself? So you're investing in the people in your restaurant, you're investing in your relationship with Christ. Yeah. You said your family, your employees and all that. So how are you currently investing in yourself? What's your favorite thing to do? Yeah. One thing I've learned the value of, and I learned this because again, I have a coveted relationship around me. I have mentors that we both want kingdom driven things. So Definitely surround yourself with people who don't care about driving your hustle or getting your game higher. I mean, that stuff, that kind of thing comes out the door. I've invested in rest. I'm the guy who, if you give me a spoon and put me in that special prison in Colorado that's underground, that's the most like hardcore prison where like El Chapo is, I'll be out in three days. Yeah. Because I will dig a small hole until I find my way out. I don't stop. My brain doesn't stop when I sleep. 
I'm a full-fledged ADHD entrepreneur, no questions asked. But God wants us to rest, to slow down, and just take a breath. Investing in myself and creating the business where I have the opportunity to come in and leave gives me better focus and strategy. I should not have my nose to the grindstone just because the enemy wants that. He wants me to be weary. He wants me to be tired. He wants me to feel like this place and barbecue is what defines who I am. He wants me to work harder, longer, faster. And that's actually how I've been genetically made to be that way. But I found investing in rest is the most important thing. Most important word you can say in your life is the word no. I will not do that. I'm a people pleaser. I want to always say yes to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to help you. I'd be happy to do this for you. But sometimes I have to say no. That takes time away from my family. No, that doesn't make me honor my wife. No, that doesn't reflect the business and the ministry that God's created in the platform he's given to me. Rest is the most important thing you can do. It allows you to think more clearly. It allows you to love your wife deeper. If you've ever been married and had very little sleep and are very stressed, you do not say the wisest things to your wife. It's true. You work off reaction. You're just reactive all the time to your children. You want to see me the most least sanctified in my life? Follow me around my house with five kids when I haven't had sleep, right? I say things I regret. My voice gets raised for no reason. And it does not honor the Lord. It does not honor my wife. And it does not honor my children. So rest is essentially important. It helps you just refocus on the important things. It helps the enemy stay out of your life. And uh, I read a ton. Now, it's a new uh, thing I've started. And I focus on three key areas. I focus on scripture, which I read. And and it's different. It's a very hard discipline to have. But remember, 10,000 hours is what makes you an expert. That's all you need, 10,000 hours. I think it's like 15 minutes for five years every day, something like that. And right now in my life, I need to be an expert in emotional intelligence. I really do. It doesn't matter how good I am at barbecue. If I can't understand someone and speak into their lives, then it's worthless. I, my goal is to create a cult here at Prime Barbecue. A cult, a living, breathing cult an impenetrable bubble where if I say everyone, the sky is green, everyone will believe it. Even if someone comes through that door and says, he's lying to you, the sky is blue. They will look up and say, nope, I see it as green because he says it's green. But the root of culture is cult. Creating a strong cult, which sustains culture, is what sustains the business and what keeps the purpose and for me, the ministry at hand. It's impenetrable. And with that culture allows me to rest. It allows me to focus on scripture, which for me is in the morning before the kids get up, before I make breakfast, take them to school, go to the gym, come back from the gym, take a shower, spend time with my wife. Then I read on barbecue. So I'm going into work. So I'm studying things about barbecue. I'm studying my craft. And then at the end of the day, I bookend it with a emotional intelligence. So I'm reading books about hospitality, about how to be a good leader, about how to speak into people's lives. And I'm constantly doing that. Now, it's a very difficult discipline. I am hyper dyslexic, hyper dyslexic. Literally, if squirrel goes by right now, I am out of this podcast and staring at that squirrel. But when you see the value in it, 
and you start seeing it reflect in your life, you can read someone well. And when someone's having a bad day, how to speak to that emotion with emotion, how to lean upon scripture just immediately because you're in the word, how to think about the next thing in barbecue, because my brain is constantly in those three things. And right now that's been a huge investment in myself. It's just the discipline of reading and the discipline of rest. I love that. We're going to have to do this again because we need to turn this into a Joe Rogan podcast because like, I feel like we could talk forever on that specifically about what you said at the end. And then I have one more question is that we had a sermon this past week where it was talking about work and how you bring yourself to your work, whatever that is. And it even drew the connection to take the Lord's name in vain to mm. how we think a lot of times that's just whether it's cursing the lo- name of the Lord or, or saying, oh my God, whatever it is. But that's actually, for, as Christians, we're image bearers. As Christians, we represent him. Yeah. And then for us to go into a place and not have excellence and not bring our best is taking the Lord's name in vain. We're yep. saying, I am a representative of him, but I'm not going to give my best. And so I love that you brought that you're always sharpening your craft, even though you are an expert. Like I learned so much just from the short time I was able to be with you that I can, you know, burn a brisket and things <laughs> like that. But how you are cons- consistently, constantly growing yeah. in your craft, but not just your craft of your barbecue, but in how you relate to others. And then, of course, your ministry, knowing yeah. that you have to be connected and things like that. I love that. I really do wish this was a Joe Rogan podcast. But last question, <laughs> I have many more. Last question is, What do you hope people say at your eulogy? I know this is a morbid question, but I think for guys like us, we we probably think about those things. And so when people are gathered around and, you know, they're they're there and they're talking about Christopher and the life that he lived, what do you want people to say about you? That's an excellent question because I have a a lot of different thoughts about that, about death. Like I, I know it's really weird, but I look forward to eternity with Jesus more than anything. I value the earthly time I have with my wife and my children, but man, do I look forward to celebrating with Jesus for the rest of eternity. So when I look at death, I almost accept it. I almost look forward to it. And a lot of people think that's weird, but man, I just can't wait. When they sit around the funeral, they're going to have a lot of opinion about me, as most people do now while I'm here, because I hear it constantly. What Jesus wants for me carries no value to what people think of me, if that makes sense. He wants me to make disciples. He wants me to just love him. We made a deal, all of my sin, to follow him and make disciples. And some people will know that is true. Some people will say, he always talked about Jesus with me, always pushing that fact. But I really think and I really feel that as I grow older and when they speak about it, They'll know that I love them deeply beyond what I did for a living, that I love my wife deeply, that I love my children deeply, and that he's where he needs to be. When I die, I'm going to have my ashes. I'm going to be cremated. Makes sense. And I'm, I'm gone. I want to be, I'm celebrated. I'm with Jesus. I want people to know, yep, he's been looking forward to this for a long time. Like how when I had the ribbon cutting at the restaurant or whatever, they're like, yep, he's been looking forward to this to a long time. I want everyone to know that eternity is everything. And where I'm at now is what I've spoken about forever, my whole life, the rest of my life. Even with my children, I talk to them about eternity. 
I'm going to make a lot of mistakes here, folks. And eternity with Jesus is what I'm looking most forward to. I get the question asked a lot, what do you look most forward to? What's your next thing? And a lot of the time it gets edited. It won't get edited here, thank the Lord. But I look forward to eternity with Jesus. That's what I look most forward to. That's my next goal. Everything's focused on that goal. The goal is to see Jesus lay at his feet and know that every day I gave him everything I could. And I don't regret that. So anyway, good question. Love it. Thank you so much, Christopher. This was so encouraging to me. I know it's going to be to, to so many others as well. There were so many moments there where I was just moved, really. And so thank you so much for this gift that you gave to all of us just now. And, and if you're listening, thank you for being here. And if it was encouraging to you at all, which you weren't even listening if it wasn't. And so if it was encouraging at all, please share it with someone else that that is walking with Christ. Share it with someone else who is showing up in the world because this is the message that people need to hear that these things happen by design, that our calling, what we've been called to do, it happens when we intentionally show up in ways in a very dependent way, right? And so thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you enjoyed it and have a great day. Bye y'all.